Greetings, fellow Earthlings. This is Stephen Shock. I am here with my friends, Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman. Fellas, how are we doing? This is the Shock Factor Podcast. I asked that question out of order. Fellas, how are we doing? Oh, baby, it's ACC. Easy as Jordan. How, St- Stephen, you, you played there. You know how easy it is, so you tell us. It's pretty difficult. A lot of papers. Um, a lot of papers, a lot of, a lot of strong hitters. Um, not the easiest. Not the easiest. Well, I appreciate you giving us a firsthand account of the ACC. Hello, everybody. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. You already heard Stephen Shock's voice. And the rumors are true. This is going to be the Shock Factor ACC Atlantic Coast Conference Preview. We will not tell you about every single player on all 14 of these teams, but we will give you the vibe of what you need to tell your friends when you head to your nephew's quinceanera and uh, people ask you about Wake Forest. Where do we want to begin, everybody? Well, I think before we do start talking about the teams, again, Steve, you can help us out uh, as someone who has played in the ACC. What, what, is, what is the ACC about? What, what is the general vibe of this conference? What teams are we talking about geographically? And uh, what, what do we need to know kind of big picture about the ACC before we get to the specifics of the teams and the players? So big picture about the ACC is you're going to have guys who are very good at baseball who are getting very good degrees. Um, that's, that's true most places, um, but that, that's kind of college baseball in general. But degrees from here are they, – they just mean more, in my opinion, just because I have one. That's the only reason I say that. Mm-hmm. I don't know in life if it means more or not. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really present my college degree to Kyle Peterson when <laughs> – he, he interviewed me about doing this job. So I, I don't know what value it holds. Probably a lot, I'd assume. But it's just a bunch of guys. They all got a chip on their shoulder, and they're smart. That's the thing. So they're, they're, I want to ask about that chip that you mentioned. Are these guys yeah. who uh, they're in the ACC and they're slightly irked that they're not in the SEC? <laughs> Is that your inference? Maybe. Maybe something like that. I don't know. I mean, the ACC is a great place to play. Everyone knows the SEC. Like, it's it's the big show in college baseball right now, and that's just the way it is. They've had dominance year after year. That's just a simple fact of the matter. But I don't think at the end of the day anyone in the ACC is losing sleep over the fact that they're playing in the ACC uh, rather than the SEC. It's more just like, hey, sick, I get to play college baseball. I would say that the ACC, to me, as someone who has paid a lot more attention to college baseball recently, that sure, maybe it is not on the SEC's level uh, quite yet, or who knows if they ever will be. But like in my head, they, they are the clear number two at this point in terms of, of how, how – and, and again, well, we're going to do previewing Big 12 and Pac-12 and, and Big 10 and so on. But to me, like I feel like they have kind of emerged as the premier conference that's not the SEC, and that's still worth something in my opinion. So, it, it, Silver is an expensive metal too in this case. <laughs> Yes, that's a good way to point it. Is that you, you're you're still on the podium, which is good. Uh, all right, we should talk about who's on who, who's on these teams. I think who's in this conference. I should say, uh, most most importantly, we have 14 teams, as Jake mentioned, 
and nine of them were in the postseason last year, which is a good sign for the strength of a conference and fairly inconceivable for other levels of college baseball to have nine teams from one conference uh, in, in the postseason. But, hey, totally normal in, in Division I. Uh, Jake, who are the teams that made it from the ACC to the postseason last year? Notre Dame made it all the way to Omaha, Jordan. Quite an impressive run for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, they stick out in my mind. I just want to say they are the furthest inland and they are the least Atlantic team in the Atlantic Coast <laughs> And Conference. yet they were the lone uh, ACC rep. Well, but also the closest to Omaha, right? Or are they closer than ooh, them versus Louisville is probably pretty close. I would imagine, but maybe that is part of was part of their advantage. Is they they again shorter trip to Omaha. I would you bet we'll we'll group Louisville into this group too because they also made the postseason. I'll just list the rest of these teams quickly: Notre Dame, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, and Louisville all made the postseason. Shock. Do you think that there are any players on either the Notre Dame or Louisville rosters? who have never laid eyes on the Atlantic Ocean. I I want to say before college, like freshmen, there's probably players who have not seen that ocean. But as soon as you get traveling, whether it be, you know, the runways are backed up in Miami or something like that, you're going to be flying over the ocean for a pretty pretty long time and you know, when when we went down there from I never played in Miami when I was at UVA, but I did play there when I was at UMBC. So when our Southwest flight, our Southwest tuba people was flying over Miami, they, they said the runway is backed up. We were up there about 30 minutes just circling around like, like we couldn't find a parking spot. And, and um, yeah, so you must have felt it. You like, must have felt at home on that flight knowing that you weren't the only thing that was backed up that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was nice i was a plant pooper for oh. all of you for all of you programs listening to the show if there are any people out there let us know what percentage of your acc team has seen the atlantic ocean i think but that's I, really important for success in this i conference. i totally agree although i think steve makes a good point i i do imagine there probably are some freshmen that can say that also not every team goes to miami or Florida State every year. And so of these other teams, and we, you know, we should mention the other five who did not make the postseason, Pitt, Boston College, NC State, Clemson, and Duke. I'm trying to think which of those you end up closest to the ocean when flying. I would say Boston College. Probably right? Boston College, yeah. So that would be another yeah, option. Very different kind of scene and temperature than when you're going down to Miami. But same it ocean. Still the ocean. It's still the same ocean. <laughs> so, Steve, just quickly, and then we can move on uh, to a slightly different topic oh if God. everyone wants. Um, which of these teams do you think has the highest percentage and lowest percentage of Atlantic Ocean viewings on their roster? Highest percentage? That, that's got to be Miami. Right. Like Florida Easily. State. Florida State, you know, you're close. You have vicinity, so there's not really an excuse to not go see it. But I'm pretty sure you're on the side that's closer to the Gulf. Yeah, are we counting I, that? That's, I mean, that's not the ocean. No, that's not, not the, the ocean. ocean. Oh, so I'm, that, I'm looking at a puddle right now. That's not the ocean. I'm <laughs> drinking water. I'm drinking tea out of a, out of a, that's out not of a ocean. mug. That's not the ocean. Um, that, well, it is the ocean when you're flying over to Boston College, I believe, mm -hmm, because of mm -hmm. that thing we did back in the day. Um, <laughs> so I, I feel like, though, so you're going Miami's the easy pick. 
Florida State yeah. still probably has a lot of people from Florida on the roster who are from yeah. down there. So I don't know who, yeah, would, who, who would we pick third as as the top percentage of Ocean Sea or Atlantic, uh, you know, visionaries. I I think I'd go Boston College, but it's not like the fun side of the ocean. Like it's great Whoa. in the summer, but it's cold. It's Whoa! Cold. I would go. I would say number one is Miami. Number two is Boston College, and number three is Wake Forest because mm. those kids have more Ooh. money, mm. and so they've traveled oh. more and they've seen there's... the sea. That is my opinion. I think that there's is... probably enough travel money to go around some of these other schools as well. <laughs> but, but this well, is good. This well, you is gotta... yeah. Go ahead, Steve. I was just going to say, Wake Forest is only like an hour 30 from Wrightsville Beach in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. that's not too absurd of a pick. That's a good pick, I would say. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. Jordan, which of these teams are ranked to start the 2023 season? Who are the teams that are going to be on our televisions, mm-hmm. uh, in our brains throughout the year? Sure. So, I mean, you know, there are many preseason polls to choose from, but we're going to choose our own. D1Baseball.com. Yeah. Duh. So maybe some of these other teams are in the polls, but we don't care about those. This is a D1B pod. Six teams, sorry, seven teams of the top 25 are from the ACC. We begin with Wake Forest at number six, North Carolina, number 12, Virginia Tech, 14, Louisville, 16, Virginia, 19. Is that good enough for you, Steve? NC State, 21, despite not making the postseason last year, and Miami and all those ocean viewers at 22. Now is a good time to let everyone know that if you aren't already, make sure you subscribe to D1Baseball.com. We do it. We enjoy it. We like reading the words on that site. There's also, I mean, maybe this is heresy to mention here. There's now the SEC Extra on the D1Baseball.com. Maybe if you're listening to this, you're like, what's the SEC? That's okay. (laughs) We love reading their stuff. It's the best information on college baseball you can get if you want to know who's on these teams and who's really good. Those are the people to know. If you want the vibes, well, then you're in the right place. So let's go over some of the vibes heading in to the 2023 season, the three main storylines of this conference this year. And we will begin in Winston-Salem with Wake Forest, ranked number six to start the year. Steve, my question for you, what in the fucking fuck is a demon deacon? I have no idea, but if I ever see one, I'm running away. Because it... You think Deacon, you're like, okay, that's religious. Then Demon, opposite, right? Opposite. What's going yeah. on in that juxtaposition of a human being? What what are we what are we to do if we see a Demon Deacon? I don't know. I tell you what, are I'm, we at I'm risk? getting the hell out of there. That's yeah, are we asking? Probably. Are we asking for forgiveness or like to do confession, or are are we I, trying to put you know throw garlic at it? I think it's like. When the sun goes down, he's like, "All right, I'm a demon. Let's go. Let's go out and sin a little bit." Oh, then so- the sun comes back up, and he's like, "All right, time to say sorry. So you let's think go it's do charity." Demon by night, deacon by day. It'd be pretty cool. That would explain it, wouldn't it? But Incredible. they they are both at at once now. Uh, now we ask how many night games versus day games will Wake Forest be playing this year, and how will that factor into our projection? But what matters is, regardless of the goofy mascot, go ahead, Jake. You have another another thought on this the nickname? Yeah, I just want to read from the Wikipedia page about oh, the origins of the Demon please, Deacon. Yeah. Uh, Jack Baldwin, uh, who is, in my opinion, not related to either Alec or James Baldwin, uh, said in 1941, 
quote, some of my fraternity brothers and I were sitting around one evening and came to the agreement that what Wake Forest really needed was someone dressed like a deacon. Top hat, tails, a black umbrella, and all that. We wanted him to be more dignified than other mascots, sort of like an old Baptist deacon would dress. Ooh, that's interesting. They're like, you know what we really need? And they're like, what? Why, why did they need that? These guys must have been so high. But also, but also, <laughs> they, you, you can kind of get a sense in there. There's a little hint, a little, little jab at the rest of the conference, right? More dignified mascot, right? It seems that Wake Forest kind of has this view of themselves as we are actually on another tier of both, I don't know, class, education, um, authority. It's, it's interesting. What do you think of that, Steve? You, you guys know that, uh, that cartoon character that's at our basketball games? What if we throw him in a suit? <laughs> what if we throw him in a suit and then everybody else is like, oh, they're rich. They got, they got gold thrones. Oh, my God. How how slammed do you have to be? Could you imagine waking up the night after and being like, "Holy shit, we made a we got so drunk we made a mascot." Dude, this used to happen all the time. I mean, how do you think we all these mascots go back decades and decades, and then we're we just take them as normal stuff? Um, but hey, that's fair. Uh, we will be thinking about this mascot. Uh, how much will we be thinking about this mascot this year? Maybe that's the way to phrase it. Because Wake Forest coming in ranked number six. And that seems to be, uh, for the large part, because of, of two of the, the pitchers they have coming back, um, Teddy McGraw and Rhett Lauder, two of the best pitchers in the conference. They also have a big, 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 big bopper, Brock Wilkin, who can hit the ball over the fence. But I also understand, Steve, I, have you played at Wake Forest? It's just, I understand it is a rather homer-friendly yard. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a little bit of a boombox, as my friend Andrew Abbott used to call it. A boombox? Box, you mean a bandbox? No, I like he, he referred more. to. It. I wasn't sense. even there when he referred to it as that. Just he referred to it as that one time, like his freshman year, and it's one of my favorite things is calling them boomboxes in southern accents. It just stuck. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit smaller, I would say. But I mean. The thing is, they got those guys who can hit home runs at literally any park, and you throw them in a small park all season. It's like, wow, that's sick. That's that's why they're fun to watch. And then you got Rhett and Teddy just shoving every night, and it's like, okay, they, they might be really good. Jordan, I recently became aware of a gentleman on Wake Forest named Brock Wilkin. Mm-hmm. Brock Wilkin is a hitter. And the thing that stands about, about Brock Wilkin is this is just a, a, just a big boy. When you when you're talking about first off the bus types, okay, <laughs> Brock Wilkin fits that to a T, and he will be carrying this offset offense all season long. Yeah, the last thing I'll say about Wake, uh, and then we can move on, is while like this is a lot of hype for a team that hasn't been to Omaha since Steve 1991. Guess. Steve, when when did they last in Omaha? Just guess. 1991. That's that's Jake's guess. That's not the answer. Oh, <laughs> 2006. Um, unless Wikipedia is leading me astray, I see 1955, okay? What? This is not a program that we have seen in Omaha for many, many – they won it all that year, by the way, 1955. Uh, great season. I mean, that was – I mean, I remember that was like just a back – what a battle that 1955 Who College World Series was. 
Um, but yeah, so while we've seen them in the regionals, you know, and they've had draft guys and we know Wake Forest, like to see this team at number six, I'm like, damn, like we're really, it better happen because all these, because Wilkin and McGraw and, and Rent Ladder are going to be heading on to Pro Bowl after the season. So you got to make it happen this year. One last thing on Wilkin that I just sent to you, Jordan, is that if you go, uh, Steve, go to www.brockwilkin.com. And you will find a little Brock oh, Wilkin website Whoa. with his own little Brock Wilkin logo. You got a little BW logo. I love Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, there's zero on the website. It doesn't even say who Brock Wilkin is on the website. It's just a picture of him playing baseball for Wake Forest. And then a button that says join now where you can put in your contact. And a link to his Instagram. And a link to his Instagram. When I click join now, it says we recognize this device. Oh, good. <laughs> Oh, so you're already in. <laughs> Shock has already joined now. But this is the first instance I can remember, okay, of a Division One baseball player having their own website. So I'm sure, you got to give them some I'm kudos. sure this has become much more common in the NIL era. Um, but, yeah, it is. I love just BrockWilkin.com. That's that's great. I Guys, I'm, I'm kidding you not. I'm pretty certain he sold, like, baseball cards on there. Like – of him I'm, I'm like why wouldn't he he's might be a first I, round pick i mean this is <laughs> like because i i have been to the website before i remember doing it at some point and i i think it was baseball cards i think it was pretty sick i will well, say last thing on wake forest www.brockwilkin.org uh brings up absolutely nothing so just that's, let that's disappointing know. what about .gov you try that one out um, <laughs> okay. Uh, our next, our next theme is one uh, coaching related. This is certainly, we talked a little bit on our, our first, um, pod of the season about the transfer portal and all the changes players were jumping from program to program. We also had a boatload of coaching changes over the off season. I think possibly more than ever before. I think at, at some point I, I heard, uh, the great Kendall Rogers say that. So yeah. And, and two of the biggest ones happened here in the ACC. Uh, Jake, who are the two new coaches we're going to be keeping a close eye on here? Well, one of them was already in the conference, and that is Link Jarrett, who took the Notre Dame fighting Irish all the way to Omaha and then said, thanks, I'm out of here, and returned to his alma mater, Florida State, to helm the Seminoles alongside a friend of the show, Chuck Ristano, bada bing, bada bang, New York in the house. And then... Eric Backage, who took Michigan to Omaha a couple years ago, all the way to the title game, mm -hmm. he returned to Clemson, where I believe he was an assistant mm -hmm. uh, many, many moons ago. And it is interesting. These are probably two of the kind of tier one high profile, mm -hmm. like college baseball coaches. And they are both the new homes in the same conference. Mm -hmm. Steve, have you ever met either of these gentlemen in person? Uh... I met Link Jarrett once, I believe. I met his wife in Omaha. She's a very nice lady. It was when they had just won. I can't remember who they beat, but they were in the hotel lobby getting ready to clap, and she said she appreciated my Twitter. It was very nice. Was oh, wow. Right. So she I recognized you. I always think you. highly of them. She recognized it, you. Yeah, it was Wow. It was strange, but, I mean, I, I don't know how, but it was cool. She was very nice, so I think highly of Link Jarrett and Coach Oak. From UVA liked him, so I was like, okay, I like him. That's a, that seems good. That's a ringing endorsement. You, yeah. Steve, that endorsement is far from the only one you will find about <laughs> Link Jarrett, uh, let alone Eric Backage. But go ahead. If Jake. you were on the fence about Link Jarrett, 
and Steve just pushed you he's in. Like, whoa, whoa, this yeah. guy. He's a bit of an nice influencer. Um. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so this is this is big, and, and I'm interested in this too because these two teams, Clemson and Florida State, as you mentioned, these flagship programs, but they are not two of the seven teams uh, that are in the preseason top 25, right? And so clearly they are coming. Now Florida State was in the postseason last year, but like they're still coming. They're still trying to build back up. There's a reason they needed to get a new coach, right? I mean, I, a lot of programs would take on a coach like this no matter what. But there's a reason they they went and got new coaches. They're trying to kind of get back to those those golden golden days. And if I asked a major league baseball fan who does not follow college baseball at all, and I said list ten good college baseball programs, right? Mm. They would say Vanderbilt, and they would probably say Texas, and they would probably say Mississippi State. But I bet you that they would also say Clemson and Florida State. And those two programs, I think, live in the craw and in the minds of more casual baseball fans. And it is interesting that these two programs were in dire enough situations to make such high-profile coaching hires. And it is a sign that they have not fallen on tough times, more Clemson than Florida State. Florida State's still been in the postseason. But it will definitely be a new era in both of those places. Anything else on this, Steve, before we move on to our last little topic here? No, I just I just think it'll be really cool for Backitch. I always like seeing guys going back to where they are, where, where they started or where they were with a little bit higher status. I feel like they're going to have a nice little pretty woman moment, as I like to call it. So I'm excited to see that, is, hopefully. Is this you announcing that you're going to do the play-by-play for App State? <laughs> you got it. I'm I'm heading to Boone. I'm taking my talents to Boone, North Carolina, and no, he's going I, back I where there. it all began. Yeah, no, I uh, bet against <laughs> that. Uh, that is very funny. Okay, our last topic is one that I'm sure we discussed at times during the 2022 season, but it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to talk about it again because the NCAA said no more fun. Jake, the hammer. Is it gone? We will not be seeing the hammer for, for all the Virginia Tech home runs? Is that really true? Now, Virginia, I, I think that's the rumor, right, Steve? That the NCAA said, uh, no props. You are not allowed to use any props at all in the NCD1 baseball. And they banned them. Uh, college football could do whatever the fuck they want, apparently. But D1 baseball is no fun zone. And so they have outlawed the hammer. Remember, at the end of last year, they outlawed the daddy hat for Tennessee and the fur coat. And this is unequivocally worse for college baseball. It's less entertaining. It it stunts the growth and draws fewer fans in. Uh, Steve, my question for you. Do you think we see a hammer, a physical hammer, a big old thang held by Virginia Tech at some point this year during the season? On the field, probably not, because the NCAA made rules against fun. Um, but there will definitely be media day pictures, probably a thousand, with the hammer. Great There's, point. I would allege that the hammer will appear in more pictures than players. I'll say it. I think I think they will. But I I just I want the NCAA to just be cool about this, you know? Just be like, hey, that's fine. I mean, in college football. Even, even if it's just in the dugout, let us play with things. Like, what are we at? Is this the first day of improv class? No props? We can't do it? Like, no. We we aren't getting to the root of our acting core. We're just a couple of dudes who want to hang out and play baseball and 
swing power tools. Well, is it a power? Probably not a power tool, but it depends how hard tools. you swing it, baby. It's just guy stuff, man. This guy's knocking us, dingers and swinging. Let us play with our toys. Right. Uh, it's really that simple, right? I mean, come on. This is did, this is innocent stuff. It's not like they're threatening the other team with the hammer. It is, in fact, it is often, right, that when, when the guys you know, touch us home and they score, they are smashing the hammer away from the opposing dugout towards their teammates. This is all in good fun. We are we're not showing up the other team. I don't understand. I I mean to me, I, my understanding is is that it was as much an argument about like pace of play and like slowing down the game with all of your elaborate celebrations. That's ridiculous. We are obviously opposed to this, and we hope that if anything, maybe it's not the hammer. I am just excited to see the creativity from the Hokies and other programs. I don't have this type of money, or what I'm about to recommend, but. There should be an NIL situation where a company just pays all the fines for teams <laughs> fucking around having fun. fun. For all the props and all the fun I'm stuff. for that. I I also just think it's ridiculous because they say it's it's because someone could get hurt and things like that and could hurt feelings. I, I saw, I don't know what school it was, some college football team had a slot machine on the <laughs> sidelines at an away game. Okay. At an away so game? So think about this. Some intern had to pack that on a bus? A bus? Have you seen entryways to buses? They are not easy to maneuver. And a, a slot machine, it it's a difficult shape to begin with. That's like moving a couch, and this intern just had to do it. And you want to talk about dangerous? He could... I heard the player who celebrated is still celebrating. Oh no! He's in the whole five five million dollars. He's he's still on the sideline at whatever football field it was. Just it's like when you take itching. LSD and you never get out of your trip. You're just trapped in there forever. I'll, yeah, when that I'll, happens, I'll say this <laughs> like that. UNLV, I think it was UNLV. They could yeah, have probably. paid a third, fourth, fifth, and sixth assistant instead of simply traveling with a fucking slot machine. <laughs> At the very least, this should be available at the games. <laughs> oh, I see. Right. I was going to say, yeah, well, there's no shortage of coaches uh, in, in college football. <laughs> but, yeah, yes, you're right. It's so true. I think that uh, that should be the least of the NCAA's concerns is whatever goofy celebrations. And I'm also just in Virginia Tech in general, uh, you know, a program that really kind of came on last year and then lost a bunch of guys to the draft. So, um, all right, Jake, I think we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, uh, we will be giving you our main characters in the ACC for the season and our superlatives um, across this great conference. Today's show is brought to you by the Atlantic Ocean. Ranked as the second largest ocean in the entire world by J.D. Power & Associates, the Atlantic Ocean has been the official ocean of the ACC ever since Pangea split apart. It offers a variety of activities like swimming, lobstering, pirating, and getting wet. So the next time you head east, make sure to keep going all the way and check out the Atlantic Ocean. The Atlantic Ocean. The Titanic hated it, but you won't. Damn. Thank you to the Atlantic Ocean for sponsoring this. Wow. To get them for our for the ACC preview? That's huge. I really appreciate uh, you arranging that. Hopefully. Did you get that? Did they send you that trash bag of very wet dollar bills for you reading this? Yeah, they, no, they just they just mailed me an enormous uh, bag of water, of salt water was my oh, lucky compensation. I know nothing like a little bit of salt water. Perfect for Passover. Jordan, let's get into some of these main characters 
in the ACC. We'll be doing this for each of the Power Five conferences, and then we'll do one of these for everybody else. Very excited for that episode. But, you know, there are good players who are boring, and there are not great players who are notable. And what we want to let you know is the players whose names you should stash away in the back of your cranium for future use. Yes. Uh, let's begin with one of the best players in the conference, and that's Vance Honeycutt. Vance Honeycutt, uh, center fielder for North Carolina. The reason why I love Vance Honeycutt, besides the fact that he's really good at baseball and his name's Vance Honeycutt, is the fact that we, you know, so so much of college baseball now, we have so much, co- uh, you know, focus on high school baseball. We generally know the super famous high schoolers that make it to campus. And so, you know, when Dylan Cruz shows up and he's amazing, it's like, well, yeah, he was amazing since, you know, ninth grade, whatever. Vance Honeycutt, on the other hand, was not a super famous high school player, and he showed up last year as a freshman and was just immediately one of the best players in college baseball. And what that brings to me is the possibility of just unbelievable potential that we have not even begun to scrape the surface of. And from a pure talent standpoint, there are very few players I'm more excited to watch this year than Vance Honeycutt. I, who knows what the limits are uh, for this gentleman from North Carolina. It's also a name that will never leave your head. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Steve, I've uh, said it probably a million times in my head since last season. Exactly. We're thinking it all the time. Steve, give us a give us a main character for us. Uh, there's this one guy I like. His name is Jake Geloff. Have you guys heard about him? We, yeah, we, I heard about him. Know a he, bit. He's a junior this year. Last season, he uh, he had 81 RBIs, which was the most in UVA program history with 21 bombs. But He's really good at pimping home runs. UVA, we were a program where it was, you know, you hit the home run, head down and jog. But he does a good job of getting a subtle, subtle little lick and look in before he gets the jog off, which I think is really fun. But also just every time he swings, he he is aiming to hit the ball a million miles an hour, which I'm here for. The perfect amount of spice so that your boring white dad is not overwhelmed, but still satisfied by a little bit of... You know, a little bit, a ah, little bit. I will say, you know, one thing about Geloff, you said that he is really good. And his brother, oh. his brother, Zach Geloff, will be playing for Team Israel. Let's go. That's huge. In the World I, Baseball Classic. That's a Classic. huge get. Uh, huge get. It also makes me wonder, uh, the World Baseball Classic, of course, coming up uh, March 8th to March 22nd. And, yeah, I would imagine that's right. Okay, so they're going to be in Chapel Hill. I, they're going to need him for that. And then, you know, they then they go to NC State the next weekend. So I, I don't think that uh, Coach O'Connor is going to be like, oh, yeah, Jake, let's go on up down, down to Miami and go play for Team Israel. No problem. No problem. I don't think that's going to happen. What's that's really funny about – this is we could do a whole pod on the intersection of the WBC and college baseball. But, like, if – Let's say there was an incredible, like, Division Three player uh, who is Italian, mm-hmm. like, actually from Italy. That D3 coach would have to let the player play in the World Baseball Classic. You would imagine, right? Yeah. But, like, the Geloffs, or, like, you know, little Geloff being allowed to go play for Israel during ACC play doesn't have the same level of, of sweat. <laughs> Jordan, who is another player in the ACC uh, catching your attention? Oh, man. I mean, we got to gotta go Yohandi Morales, Yo-Yo Morales at Miami. I mean, this guy is, is – is, he. this is the kind of player at Miami that you are very much tuning in to watch. Also a big draft guy this year. But just one of the, you know, huge tools, infielder, crazy power, swings. Like like Geloff, I mean, when he's swinging, he, you know he's trying to do damage. Just a very, very, very entertaining player. And 
again goes by yo-yo morales like it's, it's he, he his is not complicated like you tune in you watch miami for a game or a couple for a series and you will understand why yo-yo morales will be a main character this season easy one i will take sam highfill uh, Sam Highfill will, if NC State is good, he'll be the ace there. What you know that name for was from one of the most remarkable performances in Omaha history, which is when uh, the NC State uh, fight and COVID positives had that whole kerfuffle back in 2021. He shut out Vanderbilt in Omaha throwing uh, seven and a third, seven Ks, no runs, two walks, out pitching Jack Leiter of all fucking people. And then was kind of meh last year and didn't really perform the same way. If that team's going to be good, he's going to have to be really good. And he's a name to know. Keeping with the NC State Wolfpack, uh, Steve, how much do you know about a guy named Michael Gupton? Michael Gupton. Don't know a ton. Can I just say one thing on Sam Highfill as well? Please. Um, you you may think, okay, he he pitched a shutout when Jack Leiter was pitching against him. What did he do against Kumar Rocker? Anyone know? Anyone know? What, what did he this do, is Steve? the game where, every, where, where they had like six players, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was the backyard baseball game. He and got he, a hit off him. Didn't he play? Single. Yeah, he was hitting, cool. right? He, had to, <laughs> he ended up hitting as, as well. It's like, yeah. Oh no! I'm pitching against the best pitcher in baseball. This can't get any worse. Goes to sleep next morning. Hey, you're starting at first base. <laughs> and by the way, all your friends aren't here today. Um, <laughs> he got three hits in that game. <laughs> he went off. But Michael Gupton don't know much. Okay, but I'm hoping I'm gonna you can s- learn me some. I'm sending you a text right now. So if you okay. have your phone in front of you, check your phone. And that is basically what you need to know about Michael Gupton. You mm. see what I sent you, Steve? Did it come through? <laughs> what are you? What are Whoa! You, what are we seeing there from Michael Gupton? What is what? I'm seeing some numbers here on my phone, Jake. Uh, Steve, can you read that for us? Uh, yeah. So it's a 60-yard dash, which is a full two and a half seconds faster than my record, and it's a 5.96. <laughs> um. Put that in a That's context. That's pretty fast. Yeah, put Please that in a context explain what that means. Please explain what that means. All, um, that means he runs faster than a, a rat that you just lit on fire. <laughs> don't don't light rats on fire. Be nice to animals, unless it's in your home threatening to harm you. But if a rat were on fire, it'd probably be going pretty fast. Not as fast as Michael Gupton. I could be wrong. I believe that 596 is the fastest 60 time ever recorded by perfect game i i think i think that is accurate and what is most exciting about this is that apparently he can actually swing it a little bit too and will be because here's the thing we've seen players like this that sometimes get to pro ball and then they just you know they hit 100 and then they're out of pro ball and then we never see them anymore or they're you know the terrence gore type uh, at the big league level where they're only pinch running and they're never hitting I don't know how much playing time Michael Gupton's going to get this year, but it seems like he's talented enough that like he will get at bats and will have the opportunity to hit the ball. And honestly, I kind of hope he isn't that skilled offensively so that he's pounding balls into the ground and beating them out by running to first base in two seconds. <laughs> I would argue that is an offensive skill if you're running a 5.96. I really want to hammer this home for people. Michael Gupton is the fastest American-born baseball player that we have had in the last 20 years, okay? And he's going to play at NC State. 
And it's just a very bizarre thing. I'm on his perfect game page right now. And when you run a sprint, when you run a 60 yard dash at a showcase, the way that they do it, and Steve knows this, is they have two people run alongside one another. Oh, okay? tough bounce. <laughs> and what I did, and so I'm watching this video and this poor kid who had to run his 60 time alongside Michael Gupton. That's just a tough scene, man. That's just a tough bounce. Yeah. So that one, again, no idea how much he's going to play, but I love that he's playing baseball at all, right? I mean, these kind of athletes don't necessarily stick around on the diamond all the time. So yeah. fascinated. I, wow. And there is one commonality on his perfect game page and my perfect game page, believe it or not, guys. Height? Is it the word <laughs> dot com? Height and dot com are both two great guesses. <laughs> Excellent student, Michael Gupton. Excellent student, which is usually what they put on the perfect game write-ups for kids who suck so that they don't feel bad, aka me. But Michael Gupton, he's got he's got legs and a brain. So shouts out to him. Shouts out to him. Other guys in this conference that you should stash away in your head. We mentioned Rhett Louder before the ace at Wake Forest. Uh, Karsten Sabathia is now in the ACC. CC Sabathia's son. Is on oh, Georgia Tech. oh, that's who that is? Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, now he fits in the same category as Gupton in the sense that I don't know how much he's going to play uh, at Georgia Tech. Although, I, I've, you know, it's so cool that he ended up at a program like this. I heard CeCe told a great story about how he went down there for a fall practice and he homered on like the first pitch he saw of the fall or something. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, very excited to see how much he's going to play. Obviously, Georgia Tech is a, is a strong program as well. Um, so, who knows? But, like... He's a big boy, and I could see him even if he's not starting. I could see when he when he when Carson Sabathia hits a home run this year, which I think will happen at some point. People are going to be like, "Holy shit! There is Carson Sabathia playing college baseball," and we are now preparing you for that ahead of time. Go ahead, Jake. On his bio on the Georgia Tech page, <laughs> I'm going to read something. Okay, it's like listing all of his accomplishments, whatever. Drew 13 walks, named two-time first-team Northeast All-American, helped lead his team to blah, blah, blah championship. Father is MLB Hall of Famer, CC Sabathia. What's wrong with that sentence? <laughs> what? It says that. Georgia Tech first? They're scooping everybody. When's CC going to be eligible? <laughs> like three years from now, I think? Yeah. Three, three years from now? <laughs> um, that's, Jeff Passan took up a job writing for Georgia That's Tech. amazing. Um, uh it's passing, Steve. Come on, let's let's show some respect yeah. for Big Jeffy P. My bad. Uh, here's the thing: I actually have seen versions of this before, where like, like I remember this is such a random example, but I remember uh, when Brandon Phillips went to play indie ball, uh, former Red Second baseman for the Lexington Legends. This was like a couple years ago. On the front page, it said MLB legend. And it might have even said MLB Hall of Famer, <laughs> Brandon Phillips. And it's like, again, it, you, know, you know, why do you think, wh why are they embellishing here? Like, it is kind of a strange choice. I think like, it's just a mistake. I think someone has just, like, thought he was in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you could just write, <laughs> Dad is CC Sabathia. You don't even have to put profession. Father put you the know? Milwaukee Brewers on his enormous back in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, that is fascinating. Uh, good luck to um, Lil C, who is not little at all <laughs> in his first year of college baseball. Uh, a couple other guys we wanted to mention. Uh, I know on UVA, you already mentioned Jake Elf. I'm very excited about Jay Wolfolk. The, uh, the, I believe he is – is he the quarterback 
um, at, at, at UVA, or at least has been played quarterback Yeah, so here. I think uh, yeah. <clears throat> I th- I don't know how many starts he got this season because the whole season was a little weird, but I'm pretty sure next year he's going to be the starting quarterback. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, but, but why were you and talking I mean, about him? Why were you talking about him? We're talking about him because he throws absolute flames with a nasty slider. Um, he had like a three ERA last season, something around there. Um, but he's just a really impressive athlete. Like, just you look at him and, like, he could be in plain clothes and you'd be like, no, that guy's super athletic. He could throw a baseball pretty hard probably. And you'd be right to think that. He's He is very, very, very fun to watch. A um, little bit of a different style uh, UVA reliever than Stephen Schock was, I would say. A little different. Uh, or would you say well, it's a similar kind of thing? I would say similar. Um, we both pitched from the same mound. Um, wow! So that's with the same a lot hand. of commonality with the same hand. And we didn't. We we weren't starting. Hey Steve, so. how much money do you think we would have to donate as a podcast to get the bullpen named after you at UVA? <laughs> I couldn't tell you who it's named after right now, but it's probably named after someone who did this with a with a good bit of money, but. Just I think I, I would love to do it. Okay. I, I mean, I can't imagine they'd accept my $500 offer because okay. they haven't yet, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they got it. I'll yeah. match that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Jake Mintz price match guarantee. Uh, I have one more guy I want to mention, and this is one that I saw Steve uh, tweeting about recently, and that is Cameron Smith. Now, Cam Smith was a, a pretty decently well-known high school player in the state of Florida last year. And it appears that he has arrived in Tallahassee and is just absolutely tearing it up offensively. And this is the kind of freshman that could come in and make an impact right away. The reason why I mentioned him is that I was like, wow, Cam Smith, I don't totally remember. Why wasn't he a big high school guy? And then I went back and I remembered that he was like 19 and a half on draft day, which is not good for MLB teams taking you out of high school, but is excellent for showing up to campus and absolutely raking immediately because you are not a, this dude is clearly a more than physically capable of competing immediately in the ACC. And that's not knocking him. That's a great thing. And then he'll be eligible as a sophomore. So that's cool too. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see if he's, he's real news and can help uh, get Florida state kind of back to the top with link Jarrett. So Tam Smith, there yeah, you go. I think, I think he's going to be fun to watch that video that I had posted of him hitting that home run in the scrimmage or whatever. That was like the loudest I've heard a ball come off a bat in a long time. Mm-hmm. So since you were in it, Omaha, it sounded, yeah, when I was watching batting practice and no other times, um, but <laughs> but yeah, I was gonna say kind of like Ivan Melendez ish sound off the bat on that one. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, but I, I'm just excited about that one because again, Cam Smith was well, I knew he was a decently highly ranked high schooler, but I, I would not have pegged him until I saw what he was doing in the fall as like a freshman to watch. Now he has my attention. Uh, all right, Jake, we have one more segment that we want to do to kind of wrap up our ACC preview. So why don't you explain what we are about to do? Everyone loves superlatives. Okay, that's the only fond thing about high school that I look back on. And I guess my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> what did you get? What did I, I was class clown, Steve. Come on, what do you think? Where were you? What was oh, your superlative? Nice. Most likely to be on SNL because we didn't have class clown because why, why would we? Why would that make sense? 
<laughs> Steve got well, Steve got most likely to transfer twice. Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most likely to to it, w- yeah. I mean, did you even know what a podcast was at that point? I it's hard to even know. <laughs> no, probably not. Okay, um, but here we are. So everyone loves this. Super- is my SNL. This is your SNL babies. Uh, so we're gonna do some superlatives for the S S the SEC. God damn it. It just means less. For the ACC, we're going to run through some of these. And we're going to begin with one that we have talked a lot about off the air before this. And that is, which of the teams in the ACC has the most unfinished business? This is a term that we can't get enough of. It is so fucking funny. Unfinished business. Steve, when I say unfinished business, what does that mean to you? What it means to me is, hey... This season, we had our highs, we had our lows, but I didn't hit high enough to get drafted, so I got unfinished business. I'm coming back. No, I'm <laughs> no, not necessarily that. Is that one, but that is one example, yes. That, that right. is one unfinished business that's very common, and I'm fine with that. I love that. But uh, the main one's like, you know, season didn't go how we wanted, but uh, I'm coming back. We got unfinished business, but it's like a team that went like 10 and 50. It's like... <laughs> You got a lot of business. Well, that's that's the funny thing about the spectrum of unfinished business is it, it, technically every team in America, except for Ole Miss, has unfinished business. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but to me, it is not – I mean, yes, to your point, Steve, that, that's one version. The individual unfinished business is something we laugh at quite often. But to me, it has a lot to do with how it ended, right? To, in my opinion, I, I think that – the because when you say unfinished business – you're suggesting to me that you were almost finished, but you just it, you just didn't quite you didn't quite get that business finished. And so I'm looking at some of these teams, and you could say Notre Dame as a team that was you know in Omaha, and but but it's very different now because they have a whole new coach and a bunch of well, new players. And so, is yes. it unfinished business if you have a new boss? <laughs> Right. So, so no, it's new corporate agenda. So exactly. So who would you say, Jake, is is the has the high most amount of unfinished business uh, in the ACC? I think it's got to be NC State because in some ways they didn't even get to start their business. Right. When I hear un, unfinished business, the the term that also pops into my head is bad taste in our mouth. We the season ended exactly. with a bad taste exactly. in our mouth. Ended. It has to have ended with a bad taste. Exactly. Correct. And NC State. Mm-hmm was a a victim of a skullduggery and jabroniness by the committee who left them on the outside looking in. They were easily deserving of being in the postseason, and they were left to wallow at home. Uh, and now they lost Tommy White. Uh, and it is just, to me, when you go those three things back to back to back, I know it's not just one year, but the bizarre situation in 2021 in Omaha rolling into being the last team out rolling into one of the best years in the country jumping ship for LSU there is definitely like a something to prove unfinished business for this team I agree I think that is a a great pick Steve does anyone else stand out to you because again you know you could pick the teams that lost deep in the postseason like North Carolina and Virginia Tech and Louisville but like I I do like NC State in, in this in this category I like it as well. I also like to look when I'm thinking of unfinished business, like how last season end. Mm-hmm. And so for Virginia, of course, I'm going to mention them because I love them. But I think a few of their last couple of games, it was just they had a lot of opportunities to win, and, and they didn't, and that's all right. 
But in that situation, I feel there's a decent amount of unfinished business because they were close to going to Supers. But NC State, I would say, is the better pick for unfinished business because they've had a lot of business going on. It's been <laughs> booming. But the pies are just not finishing that crisp right now. Yeah. <laughs> and they got that business to finish with the pies. And I just want to make sure before we move on to mention that I am not anti-unfinished business. I don't want anyone to think that. No, I'm I want more people an, to be claiming they have unfinished business. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to read you an excerpt, excerpt from my one-day memoir. Um, <laughs> in case anyone was wondering, there's some unfinished business down here in Charlottesville. And I couldn't be more excited to get back to work and see to it that we get it done next year. See to it. What is this? Freaking Pirates of the Caribbean? That was my unfinished business tweet. Um, the business was finished when I quit my State Farm job and came back to UVA and play. <laughs> so you actually did this. You have said unfinished business unironically. Wow. He's showing Incredible. us the tweet. It really happened. Look. Yeah. Picture of the field. Didn't even want to use a picture of me. Why would I do that? Incredible. Incredible baby shock, not finishing his business. Uh, it is funny to look at these teams, right? Like Notre Dame, you would argue business finished. Like Link Jarrett did his business and it's Got gone. Omaha, new business. You later. Uh, Clemson, new business. Duke, get got to get to work. <laughs> get business, to work. let's start the start business. Start doing some business, right? Oh, man. Yeah, no, some of them hit the liquidation. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. There's a lot of a lot of versions. So so we'll 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 come back to this in other conferences, and I'm sure other ones will have different ones. All right, Jake. Uh, let's move on to best slogan. Now, slogan is an interesting way to phrase this, but we have noticed that many teams in college baseball um, kind of come up with a catchphrase or or a slogan uh, as as a way to put it for their season, right? And sometimes it's the same one every year, and so you know MLB teams sort of have this too, and sometimes it's turned into a hashtag, right? And so, Jake, I understand you did some research into the slogans for all the teams in the, in the ACC, and, and there's one we want to talk about for, for best slogan. Wake Forest, unbelievable, incredibly bizarre slogan for the 2023 season. Steve, I want you to read it out loud. Any, uh, any accents, any voices you would like? Um, no, just say it word for word if you don't mind. Make them feel you. <laughs> Where where are we? See, can you? Is this a hashtag? Is this where are we seeing this? Can you can you use it in a sentence? Maybe is the way I should ask it. Well, they are the shirts at Wake Forest say "Make them feel you." Yes, there are shirts that they made that all the players have that say "Make them feel you," and then they hashtag a bunch of the tweets hashtag MFTY or MTFY. Make them okay, feel so you. they're really like this is it. They're going for this. Oh yeah. Yeah, here are that make them feel you shirts right here. Yeah, just found them. I'm on board. I'm on board for it. I, their pitching coach Corey Muscara, he's a, he's one of those guys you come across in college baseball where he's like unorthodox. He's like real strange, but he's an awesome dude, and what what he does works. So you know you just kind of go with it. Like he's one of those dudes who in the bullpen he'll have his pitchers listening to music to get their vibrations right and stuff or get their frequency right which i love i see i love that about him i would love to feel this team this year and i hope they make me feel them i was gonna say uh if if this is the slogan that drives them back to omaha for the first time since 1955 no notes um. and also thank you wake forest for founding the segment this year that i am announcing i just came up with 
It's what team made us feel them this week, and it'll be going on. So I kind of like that. There you go. I kind of like that. And how often will it be Wake Forest? Um, Jake, take us to our next category. Uh, which coach would you most want to play for in this conference? Steve? <laughs> uh, Brian O'Connor is my answer. Um, did it before, would do it again. It's like, like when you go to Disney World and you get off Space Mountain, and it's like, wow. That sure was a treat. Let's get back on it, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you might want to go over and be like, hey, what's going on at Buzz Lightyear shootout place? What's, what's their deal? But you always want to go back to Space Mountain, you know? So that's my answer. Can I ask you a question, Steve? So when I played for my college coach for, for two years in college, and I feel weird calling him by his first name. Like, even now, I call him Coach. Like, I can't call him Pat, right? Always. Do you call Coach Oak Brian? Like, you joke on here about your friend Brian, but do you say, hey, Brian? Like, or no? Are you forever beholden oh to? No, he, he's always going to be Coach. I've, I've tried to call him Brian before. Nothing changed except, like, I felt like I just ate a warhead. I was like, <laughs> uh, no, not happening again. I like, sorry I did that, Coach Oak. <laughs> Jordan, you've never really had a coach as an adult. No, have well, you, I haven't played, right, I haven't played baseball, so yeah. Have you ever unironically called someone just coach? Um, uh, maybe, maybe before, probably, I probably have. Talking Good to, to see some, you, coach. Some deep, yeah, but, but right, it's, it's a little different because he's not my coach. He's not a yours. coach, right? He's a coach, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like. It's like when you call a female teacher mom when you're little. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it might be a mom at home, so they're going to respond to it. Is that so they're, they're you've like, done? I'm going to respond. You, wait, but you do this? I've done it before when I was like six. Not right now. <laughs> I like it. Not yeah, actively. Like 16 year old like, Stephen Shock in high school. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, wait. Yeah, so wait, junior wait, year, wait. Mrs. Feldman. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. But, um, but no, it's Hold like on. they still respond. <laughs> Steve. Here's what I'm going to say to what you just said. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. And yet, I if you were six, like, I can't imagine this being a thing that has happened. However, this is the first it has ever entered my brain as something that happens. <laughs> you've, you've never called, like, just a random lady mom? No. That's not not a thing. No, that, that not part of my schedule. By accident? No. Jake, who's your answer yeah, for like this as question? As a little kid, we, we need it. We need to move on for Steve's sake. <laughs> my answer is uh, the aforementioned Mr. Ristano at Florida oh, State. I, I mean, of course, but he's not a head coach. He and then Eric Backage. I'm just okay. an Eric Backage uh, fan. I'm the Eric. I'm gonna Backage go. Fan. I'm gonna go Elliot A. Van at NC State. I just feel like we've heard really good stuff about him from right. people that have played for him. But again, what the fuck do I know? All right, let's move on. What is our next category? Our next uh, category is actually has a sponsor. I want to thank not AARP real. Not real, for, not real. for yes. sponsoring this segment. This segment is called The Oldest Boy. Yes. Uh, and on the Google Doc that we have, I wrote, Jordan, go find me the oldest boy. Jordan, who is the oldest boy in the ACC? I'm excited about this category because I am probably missing some, so I would like people to tell me who I am missing. But because of COVID giving everybody an extra couple years of eligibility, we saw heroes like Stephen Shock play at age 24 in the NCAA. And we are lucky enough this year to have a couple more of those, including the likes of Jack Rubenstein and Andrew Roman, 
both of which former D3 players who will be turning 24 this month in February. Ruben Sinacatra at Georgia Tech, Andrew Roman, a relief pitcher at Boston College. And I also like that at Notre Dame, they're not quite 24 yet, but Brooks Coetzee and Jack Ziska are both back at Notre Dame. I know they lost some of their other uh, big bats on the Omaha run, but these are guys 23 years old. Again, this, this did not used to be an age that you could continue to play college baseball, but now it is as normal as ever. And so these are our oldest boys. Any thoughts on the old men, Steve? You, you call any of them mom? Uh, pretty. <laughs> no, I wouldn't call any of these guys mom. Um, just because I'm older now and wiser. Right. What do you have to I'm say to blind. these old boys? Do you have any advice as a, f- as a fellow <laughs> former old boy? Stretch your back. Don't be ashamed of it. You know? That's good. You get off the bus a long, long road trip, find some grass. <laughs> don't. Don't be. Do not be ashamed of it do not Don't be a let hero these young whippersnappers come in biting your ankles being all flexible and nimble and you're just in the back you, your back feels like you just got hit with the baseball bat don't do it stretch uh, all right jake you're excited about this next one uh, we have two more um actually you know what can we do culture shock factor and then finish with uh with best major all right so let's do culture shock factor course name of this podcast but this is another element of the transfer portal that we are interested in which again is super hard for 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 me as someone who just was out of school for four years how weird uh <laughs> to you just, just met you just made friends and made like friends have relationships like, and never school there them. And just kept I just stayed like four years straight. I was like at one place. Crazy. Anyway, so the <laughs> point is. You like left your stuff there over the summer. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I was there. Like at no point was I like, you know what? I'm just going to go live in Arizona for some reason. <laughs> so anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I am fascinated by not just the baseball element of oh, okay, there's an opportunity for you to go play on this other better team. I get, oh, my playing time's been cut off here, and I don't like the coach here, and I'm going to go play here. That is all, I, I can, that part makes sense in my brain. The part that I am more amused by is, is the culture shock element, the changes in lifestyle and geographic location that these players are just zooming all over the country uh, with reckless abandon. And so we're using this as a superlative to say, who are the players that are transferring into the ACC from the most different places to their new schools? <laughs> and so uh, we got a bunch of, uh, of uh, again, some Division three representatives here. Um, I know Boston College has, has a bunch of D3 kids, but all those guys were already in the Northeast, so that's not that interesting. But I think we have to go with Alex Gao, uh, who was a player at Kenyon College in Little Gambier, Ohio, heading down to play at Duke. And if you know anything about Gambier, Ohio, um, you know more than most people, first of all. Uh, <laughs> and the other thing to know is Ga- Gambier, this is one of those smaller it's, – it's a street – it's basically like one little street. There's not a downtown. And it, sure, maybe maybe Durham, North Carolina isn't the biggest bustling metropolis. But I am fascinated into this transition from Kenyon to Duke. I love this one. The population of Gambier, Ohio is 2,391. Yes. And the population of Kenyon College is close to that as well. <laughs> it's like, I think it's like 1,400. Um, but yes, so I'm, I'm fascinated uh, by, by that one, the Kenyon to Duke well, pipeline. 
and the vibe switch of like you know Duke is fucking Duke like yeah. like Kyrie Irving went there you know what I mean like this uh, is where right. like from a from a, from an athletics uh, uh, reputation standpoint it is certainly a step up but um Steve, like every every American sports fan has heard of Duke right? <laughs> right it is you could say it's like a top three famous sports college yeah absolutely you know uh, and Kenyon's not not that no. Uh, Steve, Steve, you transferred twice. Um, was there yeah. was there a culture shock for you? What was the bigger one? Was it App State to UMBC, UMBC to UVA? Like those aren't huge. Maybe the first time you got to App State, but that's like a normal thing. You know, you go away for college for the first time, and it's different. So, what do you think about this? Yeah, I would say uh, I would say that's a pretty big shift going from a D three to Duke. I know academics wise, Kenyon's actually a very good school, oh, of so I feel like. The change in academic difficulty wasn't as large, but just the baseball program and walking around looking at buildings um, might be a little bit different. Um, I was going to say for the for the opposite of the shock factor, there was one guy I found who transferred into Notre Dame. His name is Carter Bush, and he's coming from Georgetown. I feel like, you know, that's kind of that's <laughs> pretty close. Well, you're just an school-wise. You're well, you're idiot. going like, from Jesuit to Catholic. Mm. Yeah, but there's a lot of overlap between the Jesuits and the Catholics. Are Jesuit Jesuits are Catholics, correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, so then it's fine. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's like I'm at UVA undergrad and you're at UVA grad. That's that's, kinda, a, that's Notre Dame and like, Georgetown. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's Jesuits and Catholics. Okay, thanks, um, thanks, thanks. I think. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I, let's, I don't remember. Let's wrap this up with one more best major. I'm very excited about this, Jordan. Uh, many schools have their majors listed. Many schools don't. And I did a lot of research. And my favorite major in the ACC belongs to one Parker Nolan. Not Parker Noland. Okay. <laughs> Vanderbilt. Still at Vanderbilt. At Vanderbilt don't, don't know what his still. major is, but yeah. This is an outfielder from uh he grew up in wilmington he then played at davidson he is a graduate student transfer at nc state and his major is is all it says liberal studies Ooh, that's it i've seen seen general studies but not not liberal studies liberal arts studies and and i just want to say as someone who generally leans left to see an acc baseball player at (laughs) nc state just have liberal studies yeah but i will say coming from davidson i'm less surprised uh, of but, course but this is great and it i i wonder often with up. these with these uh general yeah liberal what, what do you think steve what was your major <laughs> my major was higher education so i learned everything about the ins and outs of college really ever since it was born i know about college um it was born a long time ago and it's still here today believe it or not. Um, but liberal studies, I, I have no intel on that. Yeah. Is it just like a broad spectrum of studies? I think so. Like, could it just say major classes? <laughs> major enrolled. I mean, to me, I, I'm interested in this too with all the, all the grad transferring with regards to just like how much school these guys even have left. Like, I, I I mean, how many credits are we really talking for some of these year five, year six, year seven players? What what else is there to learn, you know? You complete the bit. The business is finished. 
Right, right. You would think that that, that the academic business is, is totally finished. So what does unfinished business mean from an academic standpoint? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm sure we will find more interesting majors in the previews to come. Uh, gentlemen, we should wrap it up here. Uh, we will be back in the near future with the next uh, uh, conference preview. Any final thoughts, uh, Steve, about the ACC before we say goodbye? I just think it's going to be such a fun year, you guys. We're going to have so much fun. Lots of laughs, lots of memories coming from the ACC. Um, and I hope to, to see some of you guys on these baseball teams because you guys are very talented and I appreciate you entertaining us. Thank you, Steve. That is much appreciated. Thanks again to the Atlantic Ocean for sponsoring this episode. Make sure you go to d1baseball.com and subscribe. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. That's also Stephen Schock, two different people. And we will see everybody very soon with our next conference preview. Adios.